0: You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. Yeah, we're going to talk this morning a little bit. Uh, Our pastors are gone, in case you haven't noticed. They're in uh, Decatur, I believe. They're going to be ministering the word uh, at one of the churches that uh, Apostle John oversees down there. So uh, be praying for them in their time there and then also save travels back because we love our pastors. We're going to talk this morning about guarding our minds. Uh, This is 2015, in case you didn't know. So it is an extreme Urgency that our minds are to be guarded, especially in this day and time, because the enemy is attacking your minds. He, he could care less, really, about, about a lot of other things that you're doing in your life, but he wants to get inside of your mind. You know, um, our, our thoughts determine our actions, our mood, our words, the, the, the words that we think. Everything revolves around our mind. The word says in Proverbs 4: above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it, right? Every single thing that you do flows from your heart. Guard your heart. Before it can get to your heart, it has to go through your mind, right? So what this, this is, he's basically saying, if you don't do anything else, if you don't hear anything else that I say in this passage of Scripture, above all else, guard your heart. Because from it, from your heart, everything else that you do in your life comes from that right with the messed up thinking you can be assured that you're going to have a messed up life amen we can't think negative thoughts and expect to live positively right just like we can't think thoughts of defeat and thoughts of failure and expect to live victorious in the things of god we have got to guard our minds guard your minds before our lives can change our thoughts have to change. We've got to get into a process of of, of cleaning up our thoughts, making sure that our minds are protected. Proverbs twenty three and seven says that a man, as a man thinketh in his heart. This goes back up to what we were we were talking about earlier in Proverbs four. Your heart, guard your heart, because out of it everything else that you do in life comes from that. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You're, it goes, it's a process of your mind, whatever's in your mind is going to your heart, and whatever's in your heart is coming through and showing in your life, right? That's why it's extremely important that our minds are protected, uh, and, that's, and that's why that the enemy is after our minds. Will you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3? We're going to go through verse 5. Oh, I thought you already had it up there. That was fast. Genesis 3, we're going to go verses 1 through 5. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said that ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die and the serpent said unto the woman you shall not surely die for god does know that in the day that you eat thereof there then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as god's knowing all good and evil father we thank you lord god for your time in this place lord i thank you lord that your people have come today god with a spirit of expectation knowing that you don't have to, but that you want to do something good for them in their lives and that they leave forever changed, taking the wisdom from your word to change their lives and impact the lives of others. God, I thank you, Lord, that even after my mouth is closed and they're at home in the peace and silent and quiet, God, that these these messages start ringing back into their mind, God, and that it changes their lives forever. Lord, I thank you for our pastors, Lord. We lift them up and we thank you, Lord, for safe travels back, Lord, and I thank you, Father, for an anointed time under your word in these next few minutes in the name of Jesus amen and amen I want you to notice that in that in those five verses that we read the enemy didn't come out and say hey Eve look I've got this piece of fruit it's all cut up for you Here, here's what I want you to do eat this right he, he didn't even he didn't even it doesn't even say that he was anywhere near the tree he could have been 50 feet away and just pointing it out, right? Look, look over here. Look what, look what, look what we've got. And, and, and she remembered what God had said. You know, I, I can't do that because that's, you know, he told me that I'd die. I, I, I'm not supposed to do that. So what the enemy does is he calls you to start second-guessing yourself. He causes you to start thinking about what, what God didn't say instead of what God did say. Well, God surely, did he really say this? Right? He, didn't, he didn't present it to her in, in, in a, uh, on a platter. He attacked her mind and made, it, made her think that it was her decision to do the things that, that she wasn't supposed to do. He, he, she says she's standing there looking at the tree, knowing that it's not hers, knowing what God had already said about it, knowing that did, it didn't have a place in her life. But the enemy comes in and says, did God really Say that? Is that really what he meant? Right? Put, put yourself, put, put that in our perspective. We see sickness and we see disease and we see pain in our life and, and we, and we, we we try to start declaring the word and the enemy comes in and says, did God really say that by his stripes you were healed? We, we feel financial lack and, and, and the enemy says, did God really say that he would supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Are you hearing me, right? We, 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 we try to slip back into an old habit or an old addiction, and the enemy says, did God really say that who the sun sets free is free indeed? He does not attack you physically other than sickness, but he, he goes after your mind. Bad things happen to good people. It's all about your mindset, about the change. You've had your turn. Jessica, you're doing an amazing job back there. We appreciate you. So what he does is he attacks the mind process and starts to make you think that it was your idea to do the thing that you weren't supposed to do. And then in turn, you beat yourself up over it because you have been made to believe that it was you all this time. Am I I, I real? Is that anybody here today? Thank you, God, for the right word, for the right house. (laughs) Even going a step further, we're filled with the Holy Ghost, and the enemy says, did God really say that you could speak in other tongues? It affects every aspect. It goes from A to Z. The enemy is not an idiot. (laughs) He is an idiot, but... (laughs) Does the conversation with Eve that the enemy was having ring true in your life? That's my point. You, you, we can take that and put it in perspective of the things that we go through, you know, that 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 are that's real in our life, and know that it's completely from the enemy. It's completely what uh, what what the enemy is doing to you. We begin to second guess ourselves, and then and then that makes us not be able to see everything that God has for us. He puts a it puts a limitation on us. We put a, end up putting a limitation on ourselves because God has given us so much. But the enemy causes our mind to focus on what we can't. I had a friend, a coworker that um that loved the store Nordstrom in in Dallas. Am I saying that right? Is that the right word? I don't say that. I mean I don't shop there. So anyways, loved that store. I kn- I know which one I'm talking about, but I, I don't know if I pronounced it, pronounced it right, but so she loved the store, and um, so she always shopped there. Well, when she got a bonus at work one specific time, they gave her the bonus in the form of a Nordstrom gift card. And so she, I mean, of course, she was, like, stoked. She was all excited. She was like, yes, and it was $1,500. So, I mean, that's its a good amount, you know. I mean, you could buy at least one thing in Nordstrom for $1,500. So... You know, so she she gets this gift card and she goes into the store and and she's telling me this, and, and I'm immediately, I'm immediately thinking according to the word. Like I'm, I'm putting it in perspective just because it was just so real to me whenever she was telling me. She said, Now get this. She she said, Casey, she said it was crazy. She said, I was standing there and and I'm looking through the racks, and, and I'm not seeing anything that I like. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm pushing through the racks, and I'm looking at this, and I'm looking on the shelf, and there, there's just nothing is appealing to me. And she said, and then I was, and then I was looking, and I, I was like thinking, I'm in the clearance department. Her mindset had been trained that by her own resources, She had to shop in the clearance department, but she had a gift card with well enough money on it to shop anywhere in the store that she wanted to. You've got to shift your mindset. You've got to make sure that the enemy knows that you know what God has for you. God has made a way for you to have way more than what the enemy tries to put limitations on in your life. When she had a mindset of shopping in the clearance department, it put a limitation on her. That's the enemy's plan for your mind. If he can get you to think a certain way or if he can get you to to process things a little bit differently than what you have in the past, then you get to a point where you've completely limited yourself and you don't see all that God has provided You don't see all that God has made a way for. You don't see all the the $1,500 gift cards that God has supplied you with to get what you need. I'm not talking material stuff. You, You understand what I'm saying. It's a metaphor. But God has provided and made a way for you. When we limit ourselves, we don't see it. It's completely oblivious. We're oblivious to it because the enemy has attacked our And because our minds are attacked, it affects our heart. And our life flows what comes from our heart, which in turn comes from our mind. That joker plays mind games. Tell somebody that Joker plays mind games. games. The enemy (laughs) The enemy attacks our minds. Some of us white folk are like, what is he doing? Joker, what is that? First Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded. Your adversary, the enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking those that he may devour. Like... A roaring lion. It's no accident that the beginning of this verse says be sober-minded. Make sure that your mind is clear. Make sure that your mind is in step with what God is in step with. Make sure that your mind is clear. Be sober-minded because your enemy is roaming like a roaring lion. Right, he's, he's roaming like a roaring lion. Make sure that your mind is clear to be able to, t- to determine that he's not a roaring lion, but that he's like a roaring lion. How are you going to perceive the enemy whenever he starts to attack your mind? Are you going to see him like a roaring lion, like he wants you to think? Or are you going to see him as a defeated foe who was defeated publicly and disarmed so that you could have the victory every time? How are we going to see the enemy for what he truly is if our mind is not focused, if our mind is not sober? That's, that's amazing to me. Be sober-minded. Way back there when this was written, way. I mean, if he was working then, this is 2015. By the click of something, you got something crazy. By the flip of a remote, you've got something crazy. I'm not saying don't watch TV. I'm just saying, be, you know what I mean? You've got to be cautious about, about what, what's going on and around you. Because, because if it affects your mind, it affects your heart, and your heart flows your life. Be sober-minded. He plays mind games. I looked up some interesting facts um, about the human mind. I thought this was extremely interesting. Now I'm not at all a scientist, so I had to some I had to look up some of these facts after I found the facts, too. But get this: while you're awake, like while you're in an, in your alert mind, your brain creates enough energy to power a light bulb. Did anybody else know that? Your brain powers enough energy, creates enough energy to power on. A light bulb. At the age of 20 years old, your brain has around 109,000 miles of myelinated axons, which is enough to wrap around the Earth's equator four and a half times. Myelinated axons, I looked that up, that means what that is, is the nerves that send signals to the rest of your body not only does it send signals to the rest of your body, but it, but it helps protect and guard your mind. So if you have 109,000 miles of that going on in your brain, enough to wrap around the Earth's equator four and a half times, and its, and it's other purpose is to help guard your mind, guard your brain from harm, how much, how much do you think God thought that was important? It's an important tool that we have. Listen to this. In a lifetime, your brain retains around one quadrillion separate bits of information. In a human lifetime. One quadrillion separate bits of information. No wonder it needs to be guarded. No wonder the enemy attacks that first. That's where everything comes from is your mind we've got to we've got to watch what goes in so that what comes out is great and greatness if he can get in our minds then he can control our lives keep focused Philippians 4 and 8 says that whatever things are pure whatever things are honest whatever things are just whatever things are of a good report if there's anything praiseworthy, think of those. Think on those things, right? And, and not only does it, it doesn't stop there. It says, think on those things and the God of peace shall be with you. So not only does he provide you and give you a way to think on the good things that you're supposed to, but then he also backs it up and says, not only will I, will I, will I uh, teach you how to uh, focus on these things, think on the good, think on the honest, think on the pure, think of the things that are praiseworthy, but I will back you up with the God of peace. I'll cause peace to fall on your mind when you start thinking those things. When you start thinking of the things that I'm telling you to think of, I will cause peace. Peace to fall on your mind. The God of peace will be with you when you do that. You can rest assured that if you're thinking or having thoughts of fear and doubt and discouragement, those are not of God. They're not of God. No matter what the other church says, no matter what your granny's grandma said, I'm talking about the word of God. That doesn't change. It doesn't matter what, other, what somebody else said about it. 2 Corinthians 10 and 15 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity, every thought into the obedience of Christ every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god against what god knows against what god has said everything that exalts itself against that is what needs to be brought down into captivity to submit to the obedience of god brought into captivity thrown in jail with no bail can't come back right isn't it good to know that you have the authority over that, when when thoughts start coming into your mind and you don't want it there, or you don't want it to be around, or it's not yours, and you know it's not of God, or you're like, why the heck did I just think that? You have the authority to bring it into captivity, make it submit to the obedience of God. That is Second Corinthians ten fifteen. Bring them into captivity. And then replace it with the word. Throw it in jail with no bail. Replace it with the word. You know, when the enemy comes in and says that you'll never amount to anything because of your background or where you came from or the lifestyle that you used to live or, or maybe what your parents did or didn't do, right, or maybe what your grandparents are doing now, but they taught you something different whenever you were growing up, right? Those things don't limit God any more than your education or your social standing or your race or your color limit God. All those things cannot limit God because he's able and he's caused you to be able to do all those things. when um i've I've had a couple of friends that that have had to overcome that as far as uh, trying to to drag what was told to them whenever they were young or maybe the lifestyle that they came from or or maybe what their parents had done either to them or Around them while they were growing up and and maybe they want to be like them or maybe they they want to live a certain way because that's the way great-grandma did it or whatever but I'm here to tell you that the word of God is true and reigns supreme over the words of other people. We cannot get bogged down because that's the enemy's goal is to attack your mind so that you cannot have a fully functioning mind to live a fully functioning life you got to replace it with the word the world may say something but the word says something about that something that the world said right the world says that you'll never get out of debt but the word says that you're the lender not the borrower Right. The world says that, I'll, that you'll never kick that habit, but the Word says in Psalms 32, 7, God, you're my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble and surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. Replace it with the Word. The world, the world says that you can't do it, but the Word says that all things are possible through Jesus Christ. He's made you more than a conqueror. Even in Galatians 1, uh, 6 or 8. Don't put it on the board. I'm not Dr. Holler. I don't want to be wrong. (laughs) If I'm right, put it up there. Galatians, uh, I think it's Galatians 1, 6, seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. It says, uh, paraphrasing, this is the the CS version, Casey Stone. It's, It's paraphrasing. It says that even if an angel comes and tells you something contrary to what the word of God says, don't believe it. Don't apply it to your life. Even if an angel, even if an angel. If we're not supposed to believe an angel, how in the heck Y'all almost got me. No, I'm just kidding. How in the world are we supposed to believe what the world says? If we can't even believe an angel, replace it with the word. If God himself, through interpreted scriptures, says don't believe an angel if it's telling you something different than what the word says, then why are we going to sit and listen to the enemy? Why are we going to listen to the world if we can't even listen to an angel if he's telling us something different than what the Word of God says. You know, th- we have to think God's thoughts. God will reward it when we think God's thoughts. We have to guard and protect our minds and get to a point where it's instinct, where it's an instinct to protect our mind, just like we protect our physical bodies. Right. That's instinct. Right. Like if I walked up to Dean and I said, well, we're fixing a fight. We're, we're going to do this thing. Right. He's I was kidding. It's a it's a it's a, it's an illustration. Dean, the first thing he's going to do is what? Guard. Right. Like if I come up and like I'm going to kick him in the leg, he's going to either move his leg or cover it or something. He's not going to just let me do it. It's an instinct. It's a natural instinct with our bodies that we want to protect it because it'll hurt. Right? Our minds are the same way. We should have an extreme instinct to protect our minds because knowing eventually it will hurt through our life. Because if your mind tells your heart what to do and your heart tells your life what to do, it will hurt. Trust me. It will hurt. We have to have an instinctiveness to protect and guard our minds. When something comes up that we shouldn't be looking at, instinct. Ah, No, can't do that. Song comes on the radio, shouldn't be listening to, ah, can't do that. I don't want to do that. A pretty girl walks by, mm-mm, mm-mm, shouldn't do that. Drug dealer calls your phone, mm-mm, mm-mm, shouldn't do that. And, yeah, I mean, this is real stuff. We're laughing and we're having fun with it, but everybody's been there. It's good stuff. Psalms 103 and three I mean I'm sorry Psalms 101 and 3. I have a reference for that so I know I'm right on that one. <laughs> Psalms 101 and 3 says, "I will not set my eyes before anything worthless." I will not set my eyes before anything worthless. If it can't help me, promote me, stir me up, I don't want it. Right? I'm not scolding. I'm, I'm telling you so that you can tell your friends. Because I know this isn't for you. None of y'all do any of these things. Amen. Right? If, it, if it's not going to help me or promote me, It's worthless to me. I'm not going to set my eyes before something that's not going to help me. It's not going to make me any difference, so I'm not going to do it. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than, higher, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Get on the next level thinking with God. Get on the next level. If God's ways and and thoughts are higher than yours, compete with that. There's an opportunity for growth. It doesn't mean that you just stay. It's it's a growth opportunity. It's an opportunity for you. It's a a, uh, challenge, right? If if you know that God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts, it's a challenge for you to get up to where you can be there. There's always growth opportunity there. Proverbs 16 and 3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and your thoughts shall be established commit thy works unto the lord and your thoughts shall be established the word established whenever i looked it up it means uh let me t- i want to make sure that i'd say it right the word established when i looked it up says given a foundation or building upon so commit thy works unto the lord and your thoughts shall be given a foundation and then built upon you have a promise there that's a promise commit yourselves and your work to the lord and your thoughts shall be given a foundation and then built upon that's how your thoughts are going to be whenever you fully commit your works to the lord then Maybe when we get to heaven, he'll say, our thoughts are the same. Wouldn't that be nice? You committed your works to me on the earth, and you were faithful in committing that to me, so I gave your thoughts a foundation, <laughs> and then we built upon it. And now that you're here, our thoughts are the same. You've built upon that after you committed, I built upon that, gave it a foundation, and then built it up, and now we're the same. It, it's a way to let you know that you don't have to stay lower than God's thoughts, right? As of right now, he's saying, yeah, my thoughts my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. But if you commit your works to me, if you, if you get faithful to me, then I'll build a foundation for you in your thoughts, and then I'll build upon it. It's a good word. I don't know about you, but that's good to me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I didn't know if y'all heard me. I'm going to say it again. Let me start at the beginning. Just kidding. Get on the next level thinking. Get your thoughts in line with God's thoughts. Now, this is very familiar, but I want to point something out uh, in this verse that I that I, that I think is a little bit different. Romans twelve two, says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now think about this for a second. Be not conformed to this world, or the NIV says the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you, nobody else can do it for you. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It doesn't even say that you're going to change the patterns of the world. That's gonna stay the same. The patterns of this world are in place because the god of this world is in place so if the patterns of the world aren't going to change it's not just renew your mind one time it's a continual it's a it's a it's something that you can't do one time and think that you're done it's a continual process you've got to come to a point where you understand We've got to come to a point where we understand that it is a continual process. The word renewed means to make new again. So it doesn't say to make new. Make new again. So what that tells me is that there have been instances and there has been times where it had to be made new again. It doesn't mean that it's just made new because if it meant made new, it would just stop made new. Right? Make new your mind. No. No reading it in the context of what the word renewed means it says make new your mind again and, again and again and again and again and again and again make new your mind again make it new again we are in such a crazy time where the enemy is attacking so on so many levels and i think that this was for specific specific individuals and I'm really hoping that this is that this is really soaking in. I don't know who you are, but whenever I'm prepare, whenever I was preparing this, it was it was extreme feeling that this was for specific, like specific people. Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're the only one that's going to benefit from your mind being renewed. In a, in, an, in I mean, in a, you know, other people are going to benefit from it too, but you will be the main beneficiary of your mind being renewed. You're renewing your own mind. Don't be conformed by the patterns of this world. It's saying, listen, the world's not going to change, but you will. The patterns of this world won't change, but you will. It's going to affect you in a positive way. Don't be conformed by the patterns, by the repeats of this world. Make your mind new again. Make it alive again. We're alive in you, Jesus. Make it alive again. Make it new again. Get on that level. Think about this. And I'm close to being done. I wanted to save time for um, some ministry today. I, I, want, I want you to think about this, though. Here, Listen to this. With Eve, the tree, don't you think that it would have still been there in her face had she not eaten of it? I mean, it was there before. So the things of the world... Are going to stay there in its place the repeats the patterns of the world are going to stay they're going to be there it's just it is what it is they're going to be there the tree that she ate from had she continued to know what god said about it 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 you know she would have she would she wouldn't have died i mean she would have kept her life she would have kept her standing with god and if we get to a place where it, st- where it still looks like the sickness is there. It may be because it's of the world. But standing firm and resting assured and trusting in God's word that we, when we replace it with the word, it transforms and renews us. We are benefiting from it. Does that make sense? The situations will be there, but we will be different you will be transformed by the renewing of your own mind your physicalness will be different but that will still be around the tree will still be in the garden supposed to be not touched if eve hadn't done anything with it so that's why the enemy jumps on the opportunities to continue to attack your mind because he knows that people have been taught you just renew your mind once and then you're done with it. He knows that people have been taught that, that the bad things come from God. He knows that, that people have been taught that God puts you through something to make you a stronger person. If he gave you the cancer, why are you getting chemo, honey? You, that would make you out of the will of God. The things that are of the world, we overcome them by the making new again of our minds and by guarding our minds and protecting our minds and protecting our hearts. That's what we were talking about earlier. It's easy but difficult all at the same time. <laughs> that's, why, that's, why, that's why I think that it's so confusing for people. And why 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 it's more difficult. Because it's easy because the word of God tells us exactly what to do and how to do it. But it's difficult because the world is still here. The repeats, the patterns of the world are still in place. So it makes it difficult for us to continue in doing what, what the word says to do. Apostle John always says... Since from, um, from the time I was 14, I've heard him say this constantly. Your life will go in the direction of that which you truly believe. Yeah. He used to implement that in any way that he could. <laughs> Anytime that he talked to anybody, you know, it seemed like. Your life will go in the direction of that which you truly believe. How are you believing? Because that's where your life is going to go. And it's based off that scripture that we read in Proverbs 4 earlier, whenever I first started, that the, the, to above all else, guard your heart. Because from it is where your life is going to go. And your heart gets direction from your mind. I want to give you an opportunity today that if this is, like you were sitting there the whole time and you're thinking, my God, this is, I need, I needed to hear that. I needed Something from that. That helped me and and I and I and I want somebody to agree with me. Right? If that's if that's you today, I'm not talking about um you know looking around or making sure that you know your neighbor's getting up or anything like that. Don't nudge anybody. But I'm telling you, if if you said to yourself, I there's something going on in my mind. I need I need something different, I need a change. It doesn't have to be anything extremely bad. It may be something just extremely simple, but you can't just get over the hump. I want to invite you to come down. We're going to have some leadership up here to pray for you, and to agree with you. This is not an embarrassing moment, and I, you know, and I, and I don't normally do this, but I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here today, everybody stand up on their feet this morning with me. If you're here today and you're saying, "Look, I, you know, this isn't, this isn't my norm." But I, I just, I want some agreement. I want somebody to be with me. I, w- I, want, I want to be able to just jump over this hurdle that's just been, you know, maybe something small. But it's something that, that it's difficult for me. I want to do that. Just come on down. We're not judgmental. I may even get in line. Hallelujah. God, you're faithful in all things, and we know that you'll be faithful here today. We release the ministry of the Holy Ghost to be evident in this place, and we thank you, Father God, for your people. That are committing to you and saying, look, God, I know that this is something that I'm struggling with, but I believe you. This is an act of faith. Coming up is a complete act of faith. And you respond to faith so we know that you are in the midst. Father, we give you glory. We thank you, Father God, for your people. Thank you, Father, for your time in this place, for your presence.